What is going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to the very, very first episode of The Pursuit of Sports. I'm your host, Reese Hughes, and you know, this is just a new sports podcast I'm starting here. I've had several other podcasts that I've tried to start, but I think this is the one that'll stick, hopefully. Uh, Right now, I'm doing this solo, but you know... That's not saying in the future that there won't be any guests in the future, but basically just to run down what this podcast will be, it'll just be me talking ball, you know, basketball, baseball, football, soccer, tennis, hell, I'll even talk about wiffle ball if if I have to, but, um, you know, I just wanted to start this podcast because... Some of you who know me already, if you don't know me, hi, nice to meet you, but I really want to work in the field of sports. You know, I'm in love with sports, all sports, and, you know, starting this podcast is just a way for me to, you know, get what I want to say out about sports, you know, get my thoughts out, uh, start a community maybe, and, you know, just talk about one of my favorite things in the world, so... Quickly, I want to go over my fandoms, and I'm going to explain each one. I promise you I have a good reason for each one. So, starting with the NBA, my sports team is the Pacers, the Indiana Pacers. This is because I am from Indiana. Now, that's not the only reason. I also liked Paul George at the time when he was on the Pacers. You know, Paul George has always been one of my favorite players in the league, and I was very heartbroken when he was traded. But the Pacers are my favorite basketball team basketball uh as for the nfl here's where it gets a little dicey my favorite team is the new york giants now this is because the first the very very first football game i have vivid memories of watching was the 2007 super bowl or was it it's too (laughs) i'm gonna i'm gonna mess this up and i'm gonna feel so bad because i'm gonna get this wrong it was the 2008 super bowl I'm sorry, it was the 2007 season. The 2008 Super Bowl where the Giants defeated the undefeated Patriots. And that is one of the first football games I have vivid memories of watching. And I'm going to go off into another story. So uh, after I finish, you know, my fandoms. Um, Baseball, this is another another one, the Atlanta Braves. Now... (laughs) This is like a strange reason why, but it's just something that's always stuck with me. When I was younger, I really liked the A's, uh, not the A's, oh my god, the Braves logo, that just A, I know, I was just, it's very simple, but you know, I always just liked it when I started like getting back in the sports, it was just, when I saw that A, it was just like, oh, Braves, yeah, them, and I, and I was just drawn to them. It's also because... I talked to a girl who lived in Atlanta, like, my freshman, eighth grade year, and she was a Braves fan, of course, so that was part of it as well. And as for college teams, um, (laughs) this is another one that's kind of weird, but there's a story behind it. Uh, For college teams like college football and basketball, I like UCLA. This is because when I was younger, believe it or not, I wanted to be an actor. And what better acting school to go to than UCLA, you know, Los Angeles. Imagine the connections you can make. But 
once I got to about my freshman, sophomore year of high school, I was like, wait, I'm never going to go here. So I just ended up liking their sports team. So uh, back to that story I said I was going to tell. So growing up, I actually really wasn't into sports that much. Like the only sports games I would like watch consistently was the Super Bowl. So growing up, like I didn't watch basketball. I didn't watch football besides from the Super Bowl. I didn't watch any baseball. I played baseball. I didn't watch it. So growing up, I didn't get to see, you know, a guy like Allen Iverson play, a guy like Kobe in his prime. I didn't get to see Shaq. I didn't get to see LeBron in their prime. I didn't get to see guys like Dwayne Wade, Steve Nash, Tracy McGrady, Vince Carter all in their primes. But, but now that I can go back and see these things, now that I can go back and, you know, visually not experience it, you know, live, but go back and experience the moments and see what made these players so special, I now have a much fonder appreciation for it. But it wasn't about, I want to say, my eighth grade freshman year, again, I'm bringing those two years up, um, that I didn't, I didn't really get into sports until then, you know. I started watching a little more basketball in eighth grade, and then my freshman year of high school is when I was like, okay, I'm going to watch the NFL, and I'm going to watch the NBA. I didn't start watching the MLB until a little later, but I I sort of kept up with it. But football and basketball, I both started, you know, actively, like, consistently watching my freshman year of high school, which is a crazy thing to say, but... Yeah, so, you know, ever since then, I fell in love with sports. You know, I used to want to be a computer engineer, but now um, I want to work in the world of sports. You know, I don't, I'm not sure what I want to do yet. You know, I have this college degree. I'm not sure what I'll do with it yet, but I think starting this podcast is a big step on getting started with that. So on today's episode, we'll be talking about five NBA teams I'm excited for this season and the five teams I'm least excited for, uh, which should be fun. It was very hard towards the end, uh, the top of that, or not the top. Wait. Oh, yes, it was very hard towards the top of that list when determining, like, the teams, you know, I'm iffy on, but I made it work. I made it work. Um, and then I'll also be predicting the NBA awards for this year and then how I think the season's going to end. And But what I mean by that is what teams I think are going to be the one seed for each conference and then who I think is going to win the finals and what I think that finals matchup is going to be, which should be fun. Uh, but we're going to start off here with a little bit of NBA news. Today's podcast, by the way, is going to be NBA-focused, you know, uh, we're gonna try and do this two times a week, so I think I'm thinking maybe Monday and like another day. I don't know, Monday and Thursday, maybe Monday and Friday. We'll we'll figure it out. We really will figure it out. Uh, but let's see. So uh, we got some contract extensions today. Exciting news. Uh, the first one announced here by Shams earlier is Minnesota Timberwolves for Jaden McDaniels has agreed to a five-year $136 million contract. So for those who can't do the math at home, which hey, I can't do the math either, so I wouldn't blame you. But that's about 27, 
million dollars a year for Jaden McDaniels. Now that's not a bad deal here, but and Jaden McDaniels is a great player. You know, I'm gonna spend a couple minutes talking about Jaden McDaniels. You know, uh, coming out of college, you know, I didn't really watch a lot of uh, Jaden McDaniels at Washington. Um, well, that's a lie. That is such a lie. <laughs> I watched Jaden McDaniels play in college. You know, I was very impressed with like his intensity, his tenacity on the defensive side of the ball. Um, you know, I watched him play against UCLA a handful of times. I believe they played that season. They may have not. I could be remembering stuff wrong, but I'm pretty sure I watched Jaden McDaniels. But, you know, a lot of people don't know this, but Jaden McDaniels, um, a lot of people had him going like towards the top of the 2020 draft. But uh, he ended up going 28th to the Lakers and was traded to the Timber. Or sorry, he was traded to the Thunder. Then he was traded to the Timberwolves. Uh, but a lot, um, but a lot of people don't know that he was supposed to be like a top pick. And his first two years, he was a little quiet. But this past season, you know, once, um, who did they trade? They tr- the Timberwolves traded somebody. That opened up room for Jaden McDaniels to start, if I'm not mistaken. Or I may be tweaking. I could just be tweaking. But I I do remember him not starting immediately, but I could just be tweaking. But uh, oh, I think it was once Vanderbilt and then we're gone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Once Vanderbilt and then we're gone. Um, that opened a lot of uh, room for... J.D. McDaniels to move into that starting uh, small forward position. And he showed out. I mean, defensively, oh, my goodness. I mean, there were nine. I remember a game against the Suns. He had some great, great defensive possessions against Kevin Durant. And, I mean, I'm not going to say that if Jaden McDaniels plays against the Nuggets in that series that the Timberwolves win because there was no way they were going to win. But I do think that they may have taken another game if Jaden McDaniels is there. It's very possible. But as I was saying, my concern with this deal is um, with guys like Anthony Edwards, Rudy's deal is huge, Carl Anthony Towns' deal is huge, and then now this deal with Jaden McDaniels. What I'm worried about with the Timberwolves is just they're going to be an experience expensive team an expensive team here in the future because anthony edwards has signed his five-year 206 hundred million dollar deal and now you have jade mcdaniel signing this five-year 136 million dollar deal along with rudy gobert making upwards of 30 million a year up with carly anthony towns 30 million a year it's just I mean, that team is going to be a luxury tax team, and I don't know if the Wolves necessarily want that, but, you know, in these upcoming seasons, they're going to be a luxury tax team. The next extension that we have today is Josh Green from the Mavericks. Uh, This is from Woj. Dallas Dallas Mavericks guard Josh Green has agreed on a three-year, $41 million contract extension. And this makes Josh Green the 12th player in the 2020 draft class to now land his rookie deal. And this was reported yesterday by Mark Stein that the Mavericks and Josh Green were in talks. Because, uh, for those who don't know, today's deadline for those contract extensions for the 2020 draft class is at 6 p.m. And um, there's 
18 players here that are available for a deal. So Josh Green just got his. So now James Wiseman, who's in Detroit, Patrick Williams for the Bulls, Isaac Okoro for the Cavs, Oneke Okongwu from the Hawks, Killian Hayes from the Pistons, Obi Toppin for the Pacers, Denny Adia, who just got his deal, uh, Kyra Lewis Jr. from the Pelicans, Aaron Neesmith got his deal this morning. Oh, how did I forget about Aaron Neesmith? I'm a Pacers fan. I forgot about Aaron Neesmith. But, yeah, Aaron Neesmith this morning, I saw it. He signed a three-year, $33 million uh, extension, which is, I think, a good good contract for him. You know, he was uh, coming out of draft. He was seen as, like, this dude's going to be a great shooter. And he started off slow with the Celtics. But for him to come to the Pacers and shoot 36% from three, I mean, we'll take that. We will take that. But, um, yeah. Back to the list. Cole Anthony, who just – oh, my God. Like, I'm slacking. I am so bad at this already, but it's the first episode. We'll, we will we will get there. Cole Anthony signed his three-year, $39 million extension um, a couple hours ago as well. So, mark him off the list. Uh, Pokachevsky, I'm not uh, – from, uh, from the Thunder – Sadiq Bay from the Hawks, Precious Achua for the Raptors, Tyrese Maxey, which is an interesting one, which I kind of want to talk to her in a second. Emmanuel Quickly from the Knicks, who are who is currently discussing that. He may not get his deal. And Malachi Flynn. So going back to the Tyrese Maxey point is with this James Harden stuff going on, and for those uh, who don't know, James Harden wants to be traded from the 76ers. His relationship with Daryl Morey, who's the president, uh, basketball operations over there in Philly. Their relationships are irreparable. And basically, he wants to be traded. He doesn't want to play for Daryl Morey. He said he'll play for the 76ers, but he doesn't want to play for Daryl Morey, which is weird. But he also hasn't showed up in a couple days, and the 76ers are kind of worried about that as he's been absent from the team for a couple days now. Um, but honestly, quickly on the James Harden stuff, I do think he should play for Philly. I mean, I really just like him and Embiid together. And I mean, for him to keep moving teams and teams and teams, it's just kind of bringing down his legacy. I, and I'm, I'm James Harden fan. I'm a really big James Harden fan. You know, when James Harden was averaging 37 points a season, you know, I was tuned in to a lot of Rockets games that year, you know, that those, uh, that MVP season was a really, really special year. And, you know, I do think that he should just stay in Philly because I mean, he wants to go to the Clippers, but I mean, I, I mean, the idea of Harden, Kawhi and Paul George is better than what you're going to get in reality. Because if we're being honest, Kawhi's going to miss 20, 30 games. Though with the new rules this year, he may or may not. We'll see. Paul George is probably going to miss 10, 15 games. And, I mean, even Harden himself, he misses about 10, 15 games. So, I mean, when those people, when those three are gone, what are you left with? Terrence Mann and Marcus Morris to carry the ship? I, I just don't, you know... I mean, I really don't see the Clippers thing working out if he really wants to go there. I mean, and even still, Terrence Mann's considered untouchable, and I think that'd be a huge piece in what the 76ers would want back because looking at the Clippers roster, Nicholas Batum, 
BJ Boston Jr., uh, Kobe Brown, Amir Coffey, Robert Covington, Musa Diab- Diabate, Paul George, Bones Highland, Kawhi Leonard, Terrence Mann, Kenyon Martin Jr., Jordan Miller, Marcus Morris, Mason Plumley, Norman Powell, Josh Primo, Russell Westbrook, and Zubach. What are you? What possibly could you get back? I mean, you're gonna get Norman Powell and Terrence Mann for James Harden? No, that's no, that's not gonna make you better. Unless you're relying on Tyrese Maxey to start averaging 27 points a season, but honestly, I think he can do it. I do think he could do it. If James Harden's not there, then Tyrese Maxey is definitely a player that can average about 25 points. I truly do think that he he will jump up, but not saying he'll jump up to 25, but I do think Tyrese Maxey is definitely a guy that can average 23-24 this year if James Harden is absent. If. But if James Harden's there, he'll probably be a smooth 20-21. But going back to other news, uh, we have more information on the Draymond Green and Jordan Poole situation. So last season, Jordan Poole punched Oh, my God. Jordan Poole got punched by Draymond Green at practice after a dispute. But today, it was announced on the Ringer NBA show that Coach Steve Kerr actually tried to get James Harden. Oh, my God. I'm tweaking right now. I'm so bad at this. It'll get better, guys. It's the first episode. Steve Kerr uh, tried to get... Draymond Green to take Jordan Poole to dinner to help, you know, smooth the relationship, but Draymond Green allegedly refused. So hearing this, I mean, honestly, if I was in Draymond's position and, you know, Jordan Poole did something to make me mad and I had punched him at practice, I mean, from there on, I don't think the the situation can be repaired. You know, you don't punch your teammate. You don't you just don't do that. And in, you know, most situations like uh if this occurred in like a, a high school basketball team, one of the player that got the player that did the punch is getting kicked off the team and you know whatever it goes on. But you can't really do that unless you trade one of them. And that's what happened here, but they had to play the whole season together knowing and everybody in the locker room knew that Jordan Poole and Draymond weren't cool anymore you know and they did their best to try and mask it like everything was okay but anybody with two eyes and anybody that was around the team could really tell anybody that watched the Warriors could really tell that this situation is not okay but if I'm Draymond here then yeah I'm not going to dinner with Jordan Poole because Obviously, whatever reason I had to punch him, I'm not going to like him for that. But if I'm on Jordan Poole's side, I mean, I would understand not wanting to go to dinner with a dude that punched you in the face either. But there's there's just some times where, Dre, I mean, if Draymond, if, um, if I'm Steve Kerr, I'm making Draymond suck it up. I understand. You don't have to like the guy. You don't have to be his best friend. But I'm just saying be cordial. Be teammates. Support each other. I'm not telling you guys to be best friends. I'm not telling you guys to hang out. But just do this one thing. Try to find common ground with each other so we can move on from this cloud over our heads. Uh, And that's that. So, moving on, we will be talking about 
Five NBA teams I'm excited for. Five teams I'm least excited for. How we're doing this is we'll start with the team I'm most excited for, going into a least, then continue on until we've hit all ten teams. So starting off with a team I'm really excited for this season. Uh, this is well, this isn't like the top of the list, by the way. This is like you know, it's the team I'm excited for, but not the most excited for. So this is. The OKC Thunder. I'm really excited to see what the Thunder look like this year. Um, we saw we saw last year, you know, J Dub showed out Jalen Williams, the one with without an eye. Um but he showed out, you know, a lot of people when the Thunder drafted two dudes named Jalen, both Jalen Williams actually showed out. Let me shout them both out. I'm sorry. Both of them showed out. You know, not a lot of people expected than to come in and play like how they did. You know, all rookie first team for Jalen Williams. Are you serious? You know, when it was announced that Shet was uh, going to be out, a lot of people looked at this season for the Thunders like, oh, yeah, another year where they're going to get the freaking third pick again. But no, no, they were competitive, and they were one game for making the playoffs. Or, sorry, two games for making the playoffs. Wait, 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 wait. No, they were one game because they lost to uh, the Timberwolves because they beat the Pelicans. Yeah, they were one game from the playoffs. Uh, you know, 40 wins. And now, you know, coming into this year, you have Shet, who looks damn good in preseason. Damn good. You know, his – his. I've um, I've been a big fan of Chet for a very long time, you know. Um He's just a guy that I think a lot of people were worried about his size. And I think over time, you know, he'll he'll put on some weight. And he's definitely put on some weight since last year. But, you know, just having him, having a 7-1 guy that can dunk the ball, he can pass a little bit, he can dribble a little bit, shoot the three a little bit, you know, defend, just do a whole little bit of everything. I think having that guy there will make – will open everything else up for everyone else. Because – his one season at Gonzaga, he averaged 14 points, 3.7 blocks per game, two assists a game, 10 assists a game, shot 71% from the free throw line, 60% from the field, and shot 39% from three. And I, I mean, having a guy like that to pair with a guy like Josh Giddy, a guy like Shea Gilgis-Alexander, first-team All-NBA player, by the way, I'm just very, very excited to watch the Thunder this year. And I didn't put him for my coach of the year in the predictions, but I do think Mark Mark Dagnall could definitely win coach of the year if the Thunder, uh, you know, have a huge jump. For my first team I'm least excited for, it is the Toronto Raptors. Now, they lost Fred, and however... They still have Pascal. They still have Gary Trent. They still have uh, Scotty. They still have Chris Boucher. They signed Jalen McDaniels, which is, I mean, I don't know why the 76ers didn't keep him, but whatever. Um, they drafted Marquise Noel. They drafted Grady Dick. Otto Porter should be healthy. Jakob Pertl's still here. They signed Dennis Schroeder. Pascal's still here. I mentioned his name already. 
But, I mean, I think they can be a decent team. You know, they got a new coach. I'm not going to pronounce his last name, but Darko, you know, the guy that was allegedly stealing from the Knicks. Uh, (laughs) But, you know, I think they can be decent. I don't really think – oh, I'm sorry. They didn't draft Marquise Noah. They picked him up out of undrafted. Uh, He was undrafted, and they signed him. I'm sorry. Um, But, like I said, I think they can be decent. I don't know if they're going to be, like, a fun team to watch. Maybe they will be. I expect Scotty to have a jump. OG's still here. Maybe he gets traded. I really don't know. I mean, I I don't know what the Raptors' future really looks like right now. I mean, because, you know, three years ago they were – three, four years ago they were contending for championships at the top of the East, and now they're near the middle bottom pack. Didn't even make the playoffs last year. They were eliminated in the play-in by the Bulls out of all teams. But I, I hope that this season's better for them. Whatever they're trying to do. The next team I have is the New Orleans Pelicans. Now, ever since Zion Williamson has been a New York, New Orleans Pelican, the Pelicans have been a fun ass team to watch. Because when Zion plays. Oh my goodness. Zion, you know, I've al- I've always been a huge Zion guy. I mean, I I think he was he's one of the best prospects we've ever seen coming out of college, but aside from aside from Trey Murphy being hurt to start the season, you know, you have Jordan Hawkins who they just picked up out of uh Yukon who, you know, was very very impressive during their March Madness run. Jose Alvarado Dyson Daniels, who people expect to take a huge jump defensively, and he was already a really good defensive player last year. I remember him having a um, very good – I think it was a steal against Luka that uh, won them the game, I'm pretty sure. Um, Brandon Ingram hopefully is healthy. Herb Jones hopefully takes a step. Kyra Lewis Jr. hopefully takes a step. Uh, Najee Marshall, CJ still there. Larry Nance – Valanciunas, but everything relies on if Zion Williamson is healthy. That is the biggest what if of this team. Because if Zion's not healthy, then it's just going to be another wasted season. When Zion Williamson is healthy, this team was the first seed. When it was just, and I think Brandon Ingram was hurt at that time. It was just CJ and Zion, and they were the first seed. And I do think that if both of those players are healthy, if Brandon Ingram, CJ, Zion, uh, Trey Murphy, Herb Jones, if all those guys are healthy, this team could easily be a 4-5 seed. Easily. Easily. Next, I have the Portland Trailblazers for least. Now, this isn't like least in a bad way, kind of like the Raptors, because I do think they could be a fun team. Um, unlike the Raptors, I do think they could be a fun team. Uh, just because of Shaden and one guy named Scoot Henderson. Now, Scoot Henderson was very impressive in Summer League. I know he was hurt for a little bit of it, if I'm not mistaken. But I believe he's all healthy now. So, this team, looking at the roster right now, we have Anthony Simon still here. Matisse Stiebel is here. We have Robert Williams, Chris Murray, 
uh, Scoot, Jeremy Grant, who's probably getting traded, and Malcolm Brogdon, who I think will also get traded. Uh, this will really, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, Chauncey Billups is not a good coach. So, I mean, oh, and how could I forget? DeAndre Ayton is here now. So, a lot of people are like, oh, yeah, Chauncey Billups is not a good coach. This season will really show what kind of coach Chauncey Billups really is. You know, without your star, Damian Lillard, what are you what what's the team gonna look like? How's the offense gonna be ran? What's 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 gonna be your guys' new uh system? But I'm very excited to see that because I think Scoot will be good from the jump. I think Shaden should take a leap here. Uh he was very impressive last year. Anthony Simons is gonna be an easy twenty points per game. I'm I'm excited to see what DeAndre Ayton does, however, you know. Uh, he's basically the best player on this team right now, unless you want to say Jeremy Grant is. I I don't know. He's basically the best player. You could argue Malcolm Brogdon is. You could. But, I mean, with wearing a number like 92, I don't know if he can be the best player on any team. (laughs) But, basically, he's the best player on this team, you know. He's been to the finals. I mean, Malcolm Brogdon has, too. Wait, was he on the Celtics then? No, he was not. He wasn't. He was still on the Pacers. I'm sorry. Um, But, you know, he's been to the finals. He has, you know, all the reason in the world to go out there and average 23 and 10. You know, if we get a 23 and 10 season from DeAndre Ayton, I think that's a success. The Trailblazers will look at that as, okay, we we made the right move to trade for him. You know, because looking at his seasons in Phoenix, you know, every year he's averaged at least 10 assists. You know, first year, 16 and 10, 18 and 11 with a block and a half, 14 and 10 with a block, 17 and 10, 18 and 10 last year. But I think if he comes into this season, you know, he doesn't have Chris Paul spoon feeding him. He doesn't have Devin Booker spoon feeding him. You know, he has. Scoot Henderson, Anthony Simons, and Shaden Sharp now is his leading guards. So we're really going to see, you know, how well DeAndre Aiden can just create his own offense because, you know, guys like Jokic, guys like Embiid, you know, Carl Anthony Towns, they can go out there and create their own offense. So I think going out of here and seeing what DeAndre Aiden can do, you know, creating his own offense when he's, you know, he's always been on a team with all-star guards or all-star level guards for the most part. So we're really going to see what he's able to do. And I'm excited to see uh, how he does. But I won't be watching a lot of Trailblazers games because I'm, you know, just not that interested. Because, I I mean, like I said, they can be a fun team, but I think they'll be bad. They're probably going to be near the bottom of the West. So uh, moving on to most, this is kind of cliche, and a lot of you are probably going to be mad at me for this. But, but... The Los Angeles Lakers. You know, they got they may have gotten swept in the Western Conference Finals. But if you have a healthy Anthony Davis and a healthy LeBron, that's that's primetime television. You know, looking at their roster, they filled out a lot, a lot of holes, you know, they have Gabe Vincent now, Cam Reddish, who I hope is an NBA player. Uh Jackson Hayes is there. Hey, 
Christian Wood just signed not too long ago. And, I mean, you know, if you watched him last season on the Mavericks, I mean, there was a reason Jason Kidd took him out of the starting lineup and he was benched and in and out of the rotation. But, you know, 16 points a game, his highest was in Houston where he averaged 21. But I think he can come off the bench and if he can give you 15, 16 every night, you know, maybe shoot like 30-something, 36, 7% from three, that's we'll – take you'll, the Lakers will take that. Darvin Ham will take that. And I just noticed that Damari Carroll is an assistant coach for the Los Angeles Lakers. Wow, that's that's wonderful. Shout out to Damari Carroll. Um, but yeah, I'm very excited to watch the Lakers this year. And I haven't said that in probably three years because <laughs> they've been bad the past couple years. Hey, but last year, last year they stepped it up. I will say that. Last year they stepped it up. Um, but, you know... I'm expecting Austin Reeves to, you know, have an increased role now. He got his contract extension. He got his money. So, looking at it, looking at his stats, he averaged 13 points. But if you watched him in the playoffs, he averaged about 17. You know, you if you would have watched him, you'd be like, oh, this dude's out there averaging 30. So, I fully expect Austin Reeves to go out there and maybe average about 19, 20 points, point, points a season. Uh, D'Lo... D'Lo's D'Lo, you know, he said he wants to be a better defender this year. If D'Lo can come out there and give you about 18, 18 and 6 assists, play a little bit of defense, not like a little bit, but decent enough defense, and I think the Lakers could be a scary, scary team. Um, But, yeah, you know, this as long as D'Lo proves that he can be playable for, during the playoffs, because, I mean – if he's not shooting the ball well, then he's not doing anything else, honestly. But, yeah, I'm also expecting a big season here from Rui again. You know, he had a really great season after the trade. You know, Rui has always been a guy that I've really liked. I just felt like the Wizards didn't know what to do with him. And he came in here to Los Angeles, and, I mean, he would look like a whole new player almost. But, you know, I expect him to be another guy that uh plays very very well this year uh and i mean like i said as long as lebron and ad are healthy i think the lakers will be just fine just fine oh another team uh i'm least excited for is the utah jazz you know outside of Lori marketing this team has maybe jordan clarkson every once in a while this team really has nothing I want to see. I mean, they don't have good guards. And before people get on me like, oh, Colin Sexton? Actually, Taylor Horton Tucker? They're not point guards. I don't trust them to play make and create offense. Those aren't they uh those aren't what they do. They they score. Those those guys are scorers. So I'm a little iffy on their guards uh walker kessler i think will take a leap uh you know he was all rookie first team not a lot of people expected him to be what he was last year but i mean if you have him and laurie in the front court i think the jazz should just build on that i think the jazz will be decent but not enough for me to want to tune in if if they have like you know a season like last year where they're like 
at the top of the Western Conference throughout the first couple weeks of the season. Then maybe I'll tune in, but I don't expect them to be a team that are to even be close to the playoffs. I expect them to maybe be like a 12th, 11, 12th seed. Honestly, maybe they're a play-in team, but like I said, we really don't know unless, you know, Keontae George and Taylor Hendricks turn out to be, like, that good. And I think they'll be good. Don't get me wrong. I think Taylor Hendricks and Keontae George will both be pretty good. I think Bryce Sensabaugh will be good, too. But, you know, it'll it takes time. It takes time. The future does look bright for the Jazz as long as they're building around Laurie Markkinen and Walker Kessler and Taylor Hendricks and Keontae George and Bryce Sensible. Uh Next, for one of my most excited teams, this is kind of kind of obvious, and a lot of people are going to call me an asshole for it and say, oh, you're so predictable, but it's the Bucks. And why wouldn't you be excited to watch the Bucks play basketball when Damian Lillard and Giannis Antetokounmpo are on the same team. Let me repeat that. Damian Lillard and Giannis Antetokounmpo are on the same team. <laughs> Can you imagine that pick and roll? Oh, my God. I'm imagining the pick and roll in my head right now, and it's just mwah, mwah, chef's kiss. Now, caveat to that, Damian Lillard's 33 years old, but, you know, it doesn't really matter. He's he's still going to get his. But... Um, yeah, Damian Lillard, um, Brooke Lopez, Chris Middleton, Giannis, Pat Connaughton is projected to be the starting five, if I'm not mistaken, but you also have Jay Crowder, who maybe is able to give you some quality minutes. They picked up Cam Payne, which I, I think is a great signing. Cameron Payne's going to be a great backup point guard off their bench. Um, you know, he... Uh, Cameron Payne, I don't want to talk about him really quick. He went from a dude that people called the tank commander in Chicago. You know, he he went from a dude in OKC who people weren't talking about out of the league in four years to being the backup point guard on a championship or, yeah, championship competing team. And nobody expected that. You know, he was out of the league. He was literally out of the league. And the Suns called him up like, okay, come, come play point guard for us. Come play co- point guard for us. But, uh, yeah, campaign's a great signing. They still have Bobby Portis. Uh, but as long as Chris Middleton uh, looks like how he did towards the end of the season, you know, getting back to where he was, that 20-point-per-game score, and Dame comes and does Dame things, and him, his and Giannis' pick-and-roll is amazing, and Brooke Lopez, plays, Brooke Lopez plays defense like he did last year, I think the Bucks are going to be a great team. And right now, uh, I don't want to say that right now. But right now, okay, I don't, I don't want to say what I was gonna say, but I'll say this. Right now, I do think that the Bucks are an easy championship favorite team. I would not be surprised if we're in June and it's the Bucks versus like the Suns or something. Uh yeah. For my last, uh, or second to last. Least excited team. This is going to be a surprise because for a lot of you that know me, you know my favorite player is Luka Doncic. But I'm not excited to watch the Mavericks. I mean, outside of Luka and Kyrie, who's going who's gonna to score on this team? 
Who's going to score? Like, you're going to look at the box score for a Mavericks game. It's going to be like, Luka had 28. Kyrie had 25. The next person was Josh Green with like 13. And that's nothing against Josh Green. I really do like I like Josh Green. And I, I even like some of the stuff the, the Mavericks did this offseason. You know, drafting uh, Derek. Wait, sorry. Trading for Derek Lively in the draft. And uh, trading for Olivier Max. Uh, <laughs> Olivier Maxence Prosper. You know, I do really like some of the moves they made, but I mean, looking at the rest of the roster, you have the Grant, the Grant Williams trade. Yeah, but does Grant Williams move the needle? I do think Jaden Jaden Hardy is a good player to watch. Uh, he was very exciting to watch last season when uh, Jason Kidd gave him minutes. <laughs> but I mean. Literally, it's literally just Luca, Kyrie, and T- Tim Hardaway Jr. as your next best player. That's just not gonna get you to where you need to be. And Derek Lively, I think, can be a really good center for them in the future. But he's what nineteen years old, so he's probably gonna need two to three more years before he's really what he's, sh- you know, is he really is able to catch up with. Luca, and by then who knows if Luca's still on the team? And they traded their their damn near entire future for Kyrie, who also might not be on the team by then. So who really knows? I don't really know what the Mavericks are doing. I don't know what they're trying to do. I think the best chance they had of competing was the team with Brunson, Porzingis, and Luca. But I guess that's not the direction that Mark Cuban wanted to go in. But. We'll see what the Mavericks look like this season. I'm not really excited for it. I'm excited to watch Luka, but I'm not really excited for anything else. And honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if Jason Kidd's the first coach to get fired this year. Wouldn't be surprised. Now, for the team I'm most excited for, like the Bucks pick, this is going to be very, very predictable. It's the Boston Celtics. Guys, you've... You cannot look at this roster and say, oh, my God, this is like like this might be not the greatest team of all time, but this is a crazy team. So the starting lineup, which is projected to be Drew Holiday, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Porzingis, and Al Horford. Now, if that's your starting lineup, oh, my God. Oh, my God. And then you have... Peyton Pritchard off the bench, Derek White off the bench, Sam Hauser, O'Shea Brissett, who they just picked up from the Pacers, who I will miss. Uh, I mean, like, you look at that team, and it's like you have scoring, you have defense, you have rebounding, you have playmaking. I mean, I mean good. I, it's just you have a 30-point-per-game scorer in Jason Tatum, another dude who can be a 30-point-per-game scorer in Jalen Brown. You have a dude who can – give you 20 and play great defense and Drew Holiday. You have another dude that can give you almost 30 and play great defense in Porzingis. I mean, if I'm Joe Mazzula, I'm drooling right now at the possibilities of what I could do with this team. And I I also do think that we'll test how good that Joe Mazzula is as a coach. Uh, just based off this roster because if – the Celtics at least don't make it to the Eastern Conference Finals. I mean, I think Joe Mazzula is another guy that's being looked at at being fired. I don't think he'll get fired if they lose in the Eastern Conference Finals. But I do think if this 
by two years' time, if this team hasn't won a championship or ha- hasn't been to the finals, then Joe Missoula's probably gone. And the team I'm the least excited for this season is the Charlotte Hornets. I mean, God, what is there to be excited about besides LaMelo? I, I mean, you have Brandon Miller, but w- what is he going to be? I mean, he's being isn't he being sued right now for wrongful death, if I'm not mistaken? But, I mean, outside of LaMelo, there's just, like, nothing to care about. I mean, they brought back Miles Bridges, but I don't care about Miles Bridges. Gordon Hayward's still here, but he's 50 years old now. Frank Nielakina's here, but what's he really going to do? He could barely get minutes on the Mavericks, but I'm sure he'll get minutes here. P.J. Washington's still here, so I guess that's nice. P.J. Washington's good. But, I mean, other than LaMelo... Terry Rozier should have a good year again, but I don't really like the backcourt of him and LaMelo together. I also don't like that Steve Clifford's their coach. I don't think Steve Clifford is the coach that they need right now, but I think they should also have a younger coach so he can grow as their young players grow, but that's just my opinion, but I'm just not excited to watch the Hornets. I mean, if LaMelo's healthy, I'm sure they'll be maybe the 10th seed at worst, but I just don't see them being higher than a ninth, 10th seed, honestly, in the state that they are in. in they, the state that they are now, I just don't see it. It's just, I don't know. I, I just, I mean, I think Brandon Miller will eventually be good, but he didn't impress me that much in preseason. Maybe he's better during the regular season. You know, but I'm just not that excited to watch Charlotte Hornets basketball in 2023. And those are the 10 teams or five teams I'm excited for and five teams I'm least excited for. Now, we will move on to predicting the NBA awards and who I think will be the top of each conference and who I think will win the championship and what that finals matchup will be. So we'll start off with the awards. Uh, We're going to start. Small and work our way up, I guess. Um, we're going to start with Clutch Player of the Year. This is a new award they added this past season. And last year, De'Aaron Fox won it, as many know. And I believe this year... I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't know what I'm talking about. I think that this year it will go to two players. I, I wrote down two players, and I really it was really hard for me to pick between one of them, so I just wrote down two. So I believe either Damian Lillard or Shea Gilgis Alexander will win this award. I don't need to tell you why Damian Lillard's clutch. You know the shots he's hit. You know the shot against the Rockets back in was it 2014? I believe it was 2014, 15, one of those seasons. The shot against the Thunder in 20. It was 2018, right? 2017, 2018? I think it was 2018. You know, the timely three-point... I mean, even the shot against the Mavericks in the bubble where it bounced all the way up and then went back down. I believe that was against the Mavericks. I don't need to tell you why Damian Lillard is clutch. He goes out in the court and proves it. It's called Dame time for a reason. And, you know, that's why I'm really excited to watch the Bucks this year because I think having a player that can literally take over a game and win a game by himself is you know, we'll give them an, another dynamic that just opens everything else up for anybody. And why I said Shea, you know, 
Shea was very clutch last year and helping the Thunder win some more games because a lot of people didn't project them to win 40 games. But Shea goes out here and averages 30 and is doing crazy stuff night in, night out. I mean, I believe it was a game against the Mavericks. It's always the Mavericks. It really is always the Mavericks. Shea came out and was just killing. And then I remember the Mavericks were up by like 20 or something. And then I look, you look back and the Thunder are down by like two. The end with like three minutes to go. And it was, it was just shade just going absolutely ballistic. But like I said, I think one of those two players will win it. Most improved player. I know they're going to give it to Cade. They're going to give it to Cade they're, or Jordan Poole. Guys that really don't need the – Jordan Poole has a ring. He doesn't need most improved player. Cade Cunningham with one week of the year. We know Cade Cunningham's going to be good. He doesn't need most improved player. I'm going to give most improved player to a guy that a lot of people saw, like, you know, when he was drafted coming out of college. He thought They thought he was going to be a superstar. And, unfortunately, injuries and politics may have derailed that. But now he's looking really good. He's been looking really sharp in preseason. I'm going to give it to Markel Fultz. Markel Fultz. I've always been a big Fultz fan. You know, I thought when the uh, 76ers drafted him, I was like, oh, that's the point guard of the future. You know, they're going to have Markel, Ben Simmons, Joel. I, the 76ers are going to be bad, or not bad, but they're going to be a, a really good team. And he ends up getting hurt. And then he comes back. And his jump shot is completely busted. And his confidence looks like it's shot. And then he gets traded. And now... Now, after a couple seasons with the Mavericks, uh, almost said the Mavericks, the Magic, Markel Fultz looks damn good. Last season, uh, when he played, when he came back, I thought he looked phenomenal. You know, I thought Markel Fultz looked, uh, not last season, I'm sorry. Last year, he looked phenomenal, you know. And I, I do think that he is the Orlando Magic starting point guard of the future. You know, I know they have so many guards on that team. They have Anthony Black, Andre Jackson. They have uh, Jalen Suggs. They have uh, Cole Anthony, who just signed as a sanction. So they have a lot of guards. I'm not sure why. I'm not sure what they're going to do with all of them. But I trust Coach Jamal Mosley. I trust that Paolo is going to be better. I trust that Franz is going to be better. And Markel Fultz is going to be the engine of it all. Not even to mention Wendell Carter, who I think is also really good. And they also have Gary Harris. Almost forgot about that. They really do have a lot of guards. But I do think that Markel, for sure, is their point guard of the future. So next, we're going to talk about sixth man of the year. And I'm going to give this to a guy I think should have won this last year. Emmanuel Quickly. I know that he gets Malcolm Brogdon. But Emmanuel Quickly had a damn good season. You know, a lot of teams, when their starting point guard goes off, there's a significant drop. You know, in terms of production, like because you're going from, I think, you know, I'm gonna go for example the Mavericks. I'm always gonna use the Mavericks as an example. Luca is their starting point guard. Who's I don't even know who their backup point guard is right now. That's how bad it is. I I know at one point it was Composo last season. I think it was yeah last season it was Composo. So I know he's not on the roster now, but that's the type of drop off you're getting. When Jalen Brunson came out, Emmanuel quickly came back in and was still giving them the work. You know, 14 points a game, and, you know, he's been getting better and better. So, I think, and like I said, 
They got. I'm recording this right now at 4:53 p.m. The Knicks have about an hour to sign Emmanuel quickly to an extension. So if they don't give him that deal, this is like this is gonna be a proven season for him almost. So he's gonna go out there. He's gonna ball out. He's gonna show the, the Knicks. Oh, this is why you should have signed me. Or he's gonna show another team. Oh, this is why you guys should sign me to be your starting point guard. Because if he stays on the Knicks, he's not gonna start over Jalen Brunson. All right. Moving on to our next award, Coach of the Year. And I thought this guy had won it already one of these past few seasons. But I'm going to give it to Michael Malone from the Denver Nuggets. You know, as long as the Nuggets have Jokic, they're always going to be a team that's going to be at the top of the West. And that's not discrediting Michael Malone at all because, I mean, he's done great at making adjustments, at game planning for uh, – you know, the games this year, you know, I thought he had a really good game plan against the Lakers. He had a good game plan against the Heat. I think he also had a – who did they play in the second round? I always forget who they played in the second round. It's going to bug me if I don't figure this out. Hold on. Who did the Nuggets play? I am like – why Why is this like not – why am I not remembering? The Suns. I thought he had a great, great uh, game plan against the Suns as well. You know, so I think Michael Malone's a guy that can win it this year. I also wouldn't be surprised if Mark Dagnall wins it. I wouldn't be surprised if uh, Adrian uh, is it Adrian Griffin from the uh, Bucks. I wouldn't be surprised if he wins it either. Now we're moving on to Rookie of the Year, and I I'm not giving an explanation for this. I'm just gonna say his name, and you all are, and we're gonna move on. Victor Wembanyama. He's winning Rookie of the Year. I truly believe that he could die on the court and they would literally, you know, we would literally have a funeral for him. Like he could literally, like something bad could happen to him and he like would never play bad. Like he could literally retire after his first game and they would still give him rookie of the year. I truly believe that that's the type of player he's going to be. Uh, Next defensive player of the year. This is also a guy that I think should have won the award last year. Or, well, uh, yeah, it was arguable that he could have won last year, but I see why he didn't. It's Evan Mobley. Evan Mobley looked damn good defensively last year. Damn good. And, you know, I think J.B. Bickerstaff is going to take another step. That's another guy I want to say I think could win Coach of the Year. Um, I think he's going to take another step up. I think eventually – Evan Mobley is going to be, you know, the starting center for the Cavs. They're going to phase away from Jared Allen at some point, in my personal opinion. And I just think the Cavs, um, or their defense is going to be great as long as Evan Mobley is there. I mean, he can guard multiple positions. He can block shots. He can just do it all on the defensive side of the ball. And that's the guy I want to anchor my defense around. So I'm picking Evan Mobley as defensive player of the year. You know, another guy I thought about picking was Anthony Davis. I I was seriously considering it, but the only thing holding AD back is the health. We don't know if he's going to be healthy. If Anthony Davis plays 70 games, he's he's winning Defensive Player of the Year. But if he plays 50, then it's going to a guy like Evan Mobley. Now, we move on to MVP. And there were – I went back and forth over this. For a very long time. Initially, I had Jokic. Then I switched to Jason Tatum. 
Then I switched to this guy who I think is going to win it right now. I mean, judging by those two names alone, you should probably know who it is. And if you know me, you know who I'm going to pick. I, I picked him last year, and I really thought he was going to for a, a period of time, but then his team fell off and he got hurt. It's Luka Doncic. Watching Luka Doncic play basketball is always, always entertaining. I mean, you have the 60-point triple-double, the other triple-doubles he had, but watch the the 50-point game, the 40-point game after that. I mean, just watching Luka, you never know what he's going to do. I mean, one night he's going to go for 40. The next night he might go for 54. The, other, the next night he might go for 60. One night he's going to have 20 assists. One night he's going to have 20 rebounds. One night he's going to have uh, – 15 rebounds, 20 assists in the same game. I, you never know what Luka Doncic is going to do. And I think that's what makes him so scary, that he's so good at everything besides defense. Offensively, that you it's it, – I mean, he's really – besides Jokic, I think Luka's a very hard player to game plan for. Like, there have been times where teams have been able to shut him down defensively because it's just like, okay, we're not letting Luka get anything, let his teammates beat him. But – if you're like one on one, he's a hard player to game plan for because you never really know what to expect from him. In that damn fadeaway, it goes in every time. You cannot guard that fadeaway. It goes in every time. I, I feel like every time I see Lucas shoot a fadeaway, I know it's going in. All right. So those are awards. Very quickly, we'll get to who I think the number one seeds will be and who I think the finals matchup will be. Uh. One seed in the East will start with the East. <laughs> I went back and forth about this for a long time, but I chose the Boston Celtics. Just because I think the Bucks will be good. I think the Bucks can be the one seed too. This is interchangeable. But I just think the Celtics, you know, the Bucks have a little more depth, but I just think that starting five of the Celtics is just so strong. Like they're good all around at everything. So I just think that starting five will just carry them to probably a 60-win season, most likely. I'm predicting a 60-win season for the Celtics. I will be very shocked if they don't uh, win at least 60 games. As for one seed in the West, this is a pretty easy pick. I'm picking the Denver Nuggets. Just as, as long as you have Jokic, dude, he's gonna. that's an easy 50 wins by himself, 45-50 wins by himself. And then you have a healthy – Jamal Murray, a healthy Michael Porter Jr., a healthy Aaron Gordon. That adds an extra 5 to 10 wins. And then if Christian Brown and Peyton Watson are what people say they are and take a jump this season and show people that they're basketball players, then, oh, my God, the Nuggets, yeah, they're going to be the one seed. Uh, but like I said, with the, uh, the Bucks and the Celtics, it's going to be interchangeable with the Suns just because you have Bradley Beal, Devin Booker, Kevin Durant. I mean, one of them, one game, one of them is going to go for 30. The next game, another one's going to go for 30. Next game, another one's going to go for 30. I mean, just that scoring tandem alone is going to be very, very good. And I'm very excited to see how this season unfolds. And now we're going to talk about who I think will be in the finals. Now, <laughs> honestly, this was very hard, but ultimately, I think it'll be. I have it written down right here, but in my head, like after talking about all that, it's changed a little bit. 
So I'm trying to see like if I want to stand on my ground or if I want to go with something different. And I think I'm going to change it up. I originally had Nuggets here. I'm going to say Suns. I'm going to say Suns. Celtics is the final series this year. And I think the Celtics end up winning. Uh, So, yeah, that is episode one in the books, you know. Uh, like I said, I started this podcast because I want to have an outlet for me to talk about sports and I want to get into sports media, seeing as I want to work in this field for my future career. Um, right now I'm coaching football, you know, our season just ended, uh, coaching high school, middle school, youth football, you know, uh, I learned a lot really about myself and like developing relationships with people. So one thing coaching really taught me was like how like I've a lot of people describe me as a leader but I think I learned how to be a better leader just from coaching you know watching the head coach you know do this talk about his uh fears anxieties like what he gets nervous about it's like oh I have these same fears and I mean if this guy can have these same fears as me and do this then I think I can do that too you know coaching wasn't always something I wanted to do uh, initially I wanted to be a basketball coach before a football coach because I felt like I knew the game of basketball a little more than football, even though I played football in high school. Uh, I feel like basketball is easier to manage than football. You know, you have to watch 11 people at all times and you have to focus on so many different things in a football game compared to a basketball game. It's just like, Oh, how can we stop this guy from scoring? Oh, how can we rebound the ball better? Oh, what plays do we need to run to beat this team's defense? Who do we need to attack on the defensive side of the ball? And football is very similar to that. Like, oh, we're going to run the ball on this side of the field where we know their their line's weaker. Or we know uh, there's this, we're going to um, throw at this guy because he can't tackle or he's bad in coverage. And it's just things like that. Uh, so I really enjoyed my experience coaching. I even got to um, coach a game up at Lucas Oil Stadium, for, for those who don't know, is where the Indianapolis Colts play. And, you know, without this opportunity, I would have never have gotten to do that. And I honestly see that as one of the best moments and memories of my life. So, yeah. This was episode one of Pursuit of Sports podcast. We'll be back Friday, maybe. Uh, We'll see. I'm still trying to figure this all out. I mean, this day might not even be set in date, but, you know, we'll get it. We'll get there. We'll get there. But, yeah, uh, I'll see you later this week. We'll probably talk about uh, opening. Oh, really quickly, I want to get my opening day prediction. So, tomorrow we have Lakers and Nuggets, Suns Warriors. Nuggets and Suns. There we go. Uh, I think both games will be good, though. You know, I think the Nuggets game could go either way, but I, I just don't see the Warriors beating the Suns. I just, I really don't see it. I just don't. I mean, for sure the Warriors are going to be better defensively, but I just think the offense of the Suns is just going to be too much. Because, I mean, thinking about matchups right now, you put, do you put, you put Wiggins on Durant, I would or Draymond or Wiggins on Durant, I would assume. You put Clay on Beal. But or on or, and looking at it right now, it looks like Draymond is out, so you won't have him. So Kuminga is gonna start. 
So I mean, yeah, I think I think the Suns will just end up winning that. So yeah, for Lakers and Nuggets, I I, I mean, it should be a good game. It'll be a close one, but I, I think the Nuggets will ultimately pull it out. But the Lakers are going to come back with a vengeance after getting swept. So who knows? Maybe maybe the Lakers come out and blow them out by twenty. We'll see. But this has been an episode. This has been episode one of the Pursuit of Sports podcast with Reese Hughes. Peace out, guys, and have a nice day.